If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Welcome, sports fans, to another edition of Sports Cognition. My name is Michael Miles. Thank you all for listening in to today's episode. I'm recording this on June 5th, and uh, uh, tonight I am drinking a another Stone Brewery deliciousness of a Ruination IPA India Pale Ale. Um, I think this is like one of the Stone's most... Uh, like first or well-known IPAs, um, 8.2% alcohol. So, you know, not too bad, not too bad, you know, kick it in. I gotta say, when it comes to IPAs and things like that, that no one really seems to do it better than Stone Brewery. Like, Stone makes a lot of great IPAs, and I just, I wish they were a sponsor because I would uh, promote them all the time, and I would drink their beers as much as they want to give me. All the time. It's really good. Stone Ruination IPA. Deliciousness as I'm uh, bringing you all the hot takes and the the cold stares. All that other weird shit. But, uh, so, uh, let's get on with it here. So, you know, here are things at the uh, old uh, Sports Cognition house. Um, We're doing a little role reversal here where uh, I am doing the cooking and my wife is doing the dishes. Now, typically, uh, she cooks uh, because she works from home and she, you know, can get off work and then start uh, getting dinner ready. Where then I would clean the dishes afterward because uh, I don't work from home and, you know, have to travel. So this time, you know, we're just trying to change things up a little bit. I think it gives us both a little bit more perspective on what the other does. So I made dinner tonight. Nothing too fancy, you know, I'm not going to be nearly as good of a cook as she is. And I know that, you know, she's a much better cook than I am. I, I got some some frozen pasta that we got from Costco, like a four cheese tortellini thing, and put some Alfredo sauce on it, made some steamed broccoli. Now, there's one thing that I can say that I do really, really well, and that is vegetables. I can steam the shit and season the crap out of some broccoli and asparagus. My son loves it. He'll actually eat it. So I know I'm doing something right if I can get my kid to eat his vegetables. I think any parent out there listening can understand and totally agree with me on that. So I still got another four more days left to do this. Um, I'm already mentally kind of tired and I have to do the prep for you know the meals and the grocery order and stuff like that but I feel like I have enough stuff here at home that uh, I think we'll be fine so 
after I record this, I do need to figure out what I'm going to cook tomorrow. So I got to make this pretty quick. Um, speaking of quick, the let's get into the NBA, which seems to be going a lot quicker than I hoped for. Uh, we are upon the NBA Finals. Uh, if you follow me on social media, the show Sports Cognition on Twitter, uh, actually it's Sports Cognition Podcast at Sports Cog Pod or on Facebook or Instagram, you will know that I initially picked the Denver Nuggets to sweep the Miami Heat. Uh, and the reason why I did that is because I firmly believe that Denver is an all-around better team. Uh, you know, you have, I, I just feel like they're more complete of a team. Um, but, you know, the Miami Heat is the surprise of the year for all NBA fans being an eighth seed, making it to the NBA Finals. Um, series is tied right now one-to-one. And, you know, when Denver came out in game one, I thought that, like, yep, I think I'm going to get this right in projecting a sweep. They looked Unbeatable. Unbelievable. Granted, they're at home. You know, the, the crowd there at Ball Arena was unbelievable. It's always supercharged. But, you know, Denver just came out and do and did what they what they always do. And and that's just dominate teams. But the Miami Heat came back in game two and did something that no one no other team has been able to do during this NBA playoffs and that's beat the Denver Nuggets at home. It's an incredible feat. You know, who else out there? No, oh, nobody. And how did they do it? You know, I, I, I saw an interview like Spolstra, you know, got upset when Ramona Shelbourne asked him, you know, you know, did you try to turn Jokic into a shooter and less of a passer? Cause let's face it. The man can do it all. He He's an assist machine. But I kind of have to agree with him in a way. Like, I don't think they purposely looked at his stats and things like that and thought, you know what? You know what we need to do? We need to have Jokic score more points and pass the ball less. Because when you think about it, think how insane that sounds to say we need to get this guy to score more points against us because i mean the name of the game is to make sure your opponent scores less than you do not to score more um but what they what the heat did honestly they just played better defense by not allowing the rest of the nuggets to get open Jokic carried the team with that 41 points and the next guy was Murray, and he only had 18. And the crazy thing is, is throughout the playoffs, Jamal's been averaging 27 points, and the Heat kept him to 18. Why? Because they stayed on top of him better. He only shot 47% from the field, 38% from the three, which is a pretty good percentage from the three, but only keeping him at 47% from the field. That means they just played better, better defense on him, did not allow him to get good shots off. And... You know, when you when you look at it more, you know, they did that with everyone. They did it with everyone on the team. Because Jokic only had four assists that whole game two. 
and he, he's been averaging 10 in this whole postseason. 10. 10 assists. The man's been a uh, a triple-double machine this whole postseason. And the Heat allowed him to only have four. That's how you know the Heat just played better defense. Now, they allowed Jokic to score 41 points, which is fine. Because 41 points, as we all know by looking at the scores of the NBA that go anywhere from around averaging about 100 or 105-something points per game, isn't going to win the game. So, yeah, you can allow Jokic to get his 40 points. But as long as you're making sure the rest of the team is guarded, then, then you have a chance. If you can keep everyone under their average, that's how you do it. And that is how the Miami Heat played defense against the Denver Nuggets. But it wasn't just the Heat's defense that allowed them to pull away from Denver with a W heading back to Miami. Bam Adebayo finally awakened from his sleep. Because last night, Bam had 21 points. This whole time in the postseason, he's only been averaging 17 and a half. Whereas in the regular season, Bam's been averaging at least 20 points. So I I think I said this last episode where, you know, Bam needs to wake up. Because Jimmy can't do it all by himself. And as you can see from the difference in the average, from the regular season to the postseason, Bam just hasn't been there. But he finally became Bam Adebayo, the one that is, you know, a top 10 center in the NBA. And you can't say it. He's been distant in the playoffs. But he finally awakened last night. And and Jimmy needs that. Jimmy needs his supporting cast to help out. And if you're going to, you need someone to get in there, take away rebounds as much as you can from Jokic, because Jokic is going to get his rebounds. He just is. He's a triple-double guy. He's he's an unbelievable talent. So you need everyone else to step up. Jimmy can't do it by himself. And if you allow Jimmy to try to do it by himself, he's going to get gassed out. So you need people like Bam, who showed up last night and needs to continue doing that. You have people like Gabe Vincent, who shot 67% from the field and behind the three. You need Duncan Robinson to continue to contribute every game. Doesn't have to be a starter. You just need to contribute when you're getting those minutes on the floor. And those threes that he hit last night and late in the second half, that's the type of shit he needs to do. And let's not forget Kevin Love, who by all means, had a a horrible night offensively. He was not good at all shooting the ball. But he still contributed to the team by pulling down 10 boards. Seven of those were on the defensive side of the ball and two steals. So even though Kevin didn't do much to help offensively, he did it on the other end of the court. And that's what you need. You need guys to contribute somewhere in there, whether it's defensively or offensively, preferably both, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to have all of your players dominate on both sides of the ball. But if you can't, you know, Kevin didn't give up. He still kicked ass defensively. And if the Heat can play like this in Miami, in front of that raucous crowd in Denver, 
they could easily go up 3-1 and one when they head back to Denver. I mean, the Heat have exploited what Denver does. You know, like I said, Denver is probably one of, if not the most all-around complete team. And what you need to do is make sure that you're shutting down at least three or four out of those players. Actually, the way Murray plays, you need to shut him down too. So you need to make sure you're either shutting down Jokic, which is very difficult to do, or you need to shut down Murray, Gordon, Porter, and then you'll have it. You just have to keep staying on them. Don't let them get open because Jokic will have no one to, to, to pass to. And when he's caught off guard and, you know, know, he's trying to make a decision on whether or not to shoot the ball, to pass the ball, and then he goes up and shoots. When he second guesses himself, he is not the same shooter. You've seen him a few games where he kind of pulls it up over his head like he's going to shoot, doesn't, and goes right back and shoots it, and then clanks it. Which is what I'd say most of us would do in that situation if you're not certain about shooting the ball, but then you go and shoot the ball and you're not really mentally ready or probably even physically ready and you don't have your feet set, you're not going to make most of those. So that's what you need to do. You need to, as much as Spolster didn't like it, Ramona kind of had a good, you know, a good thought. It was I thought it was a good question. I don't think the Heat and Spolster intentionally went out there like, you know what, we're going to let... Jokic shoot as much as he wants. We're going to let him score, but not let him pass. I don't think that was the game plan. I think they just meant to play really good, solid defense, which they did. Where, as you can see, what happens with that is that the rest of the team can't function. And Jokic has no one to pass to, which, yes, inevitably means he's going to become more of a scorer. But if you only have one person scoring 40 and everyone else is shooting below you know, scoring below 20, you got a really good chance of winning that game. So, (coughs) sorry about that. The fact that this was the first time Denver ever lost at home in the playoffs tells me that this great Nuggets team can be beat. But will it happen? I don't know. But I am looking forward to this series even more than I was before because now now this series seems like it's something whereas before it looked like it was just going to be a sweep from the Nuggets and the Heat were not going to make it but now it's got a chance now it's got a chance to be something good something really good something very you know no matter what happens this is going to be a very historic year whether the Nuggets win their first NBA championship or uh, Jimmy Butler wins his first, and you see an eighth seed win the NBA championship. So it's going to be pretty spectacular no matter what happens, and I can't wait to it. I'm going to take a break. We'll come back with some more NBA and talk about where LeBron is going, if he's going anywhere. All right, back from break. Before I went on break, talked about what LeBron James is going to do. There's been a lot of news about him lately and Kyrie Irving where Kyrie has been trying to recruit LeBron to come to Dallas. Now, 
this when I heard this, I thought this was possibly one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, it definitely sounds like something that came from Kyrie for sure. It definitely sounds like it's a Kyrie idea to bring LeBron James from one of the most historic franchises ever who just had a good run in the playoffs as a seventh seed to leave that team and come play for the Mavericks who didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, when you, when I say it out loud, it sounds even, it sounds even more asinine than, than when I was reading it before, but like, Come on, Kyrie. Why would I mean? I know you got him, you got Luca, uh, but what else do you have? Like, what what's going to make LeBron? Because you know LeBron is a big legacy guy. You know he wants to be. You know, cons- he. I'm trying not to bash him as much as best as I can. Just be an honest opinion about the guy, is that he wants the admiration he wants the legacy he wants to be remembered as the greatest of all time and by people of his generation he will be um but not by other people who have experienced watching more basketball than this current generation but still one of the greatest players of all time he wants to go down as one of the greatest lakers of all time i think he's still like fifth or sixth when you look at what he's done as a Laker. That's what you have to do as a Laker, not his entire career. Cause he didn't play his whole career with the Lakers. He's been there for like four or five years. His time as a Laker compared to other guys is not there. So I, I can't really see him going, leaving him like, yeah, Dallas sounds like the next place for me to, to go and play for a year and maybe in my career or, or whatever. Like, why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Aside from that, aside from that, what would the Mavericks have to give in order for the Lakers to trade for LeBron? You know, I don't think the Lakers would take anyone for LeBron, and they shouldn't. He is a superstar, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Even if he doesn't get you another championship. The ticket sales in itself, uh, you know, the, the the promotions you can do, just the the star power that he brings and, you know, is enough to keep him around. I mean, you would have to give up a superstar and some draft picks to give him up. The Lakers aren't going to take him. The, the Mavericks aren't going to give up Luka for LeBron. A 38-year-old LeBron? Shit. You're crazy. No way in hell. But, but what if? What if the Lakers decided to blow it up after last season? They could look to rebuild with some of the young players that they had, like Rui, Schrader, AD is the big man. You got Austin Reeves, who came out of nowhere this season, made some clutch shots, some great, great playoff plays there. Lonnie Walker IV showed some promise as well. You know, I I really don't see a scenario where the Lakers can be in a good position next year to make the run if 
they did this season. I really don't. <clears throat> they kept everyone. I really can't see them making that same run. I feel like it was kind of a toss in the bucket that they were able to make that run. Because, you know, Le- LeBron's going to be another year older. You know, a lot of people don't understand that when you get close to 40 or hit 40, that even though it's just, oh, it's one more year, your body doesn't, you know, recuperate like it used to when you were 20 in early 30s. It just doesn't. I don't care what he does to his body. Unless he's putting in cybernetic organisms, he's not going to be the same. He's not going to heal as well. Now, during that time when LeBron was out, they played better without him. You could make that argument. Maybe you could get rid of him, but what are you going to get in return? LeBron James is too high. He's, his value is just too big for the Mavericks to have anything. And are the Mavericks just going to blow everything up? I mean, how far are you really going to get with with Kyrie? You're only going to have maybe a season with LeBron. You know he's not going to stick around with the Dallas Mavericks. It'd be the end of his contract. He would either go, he'd go play somewhere else or something. Like He's not going to stick around in Dallas. And the Mavericks aren't going to give up Lucas. So to me, that's just crazy. I mean, some people think he's going to play this last year with the Lakers. Look to go wherever his son gets drafted. And and if that's the case to me, that tells me that LeBron's no longer looking to win championships. He's just simply looking to enjoy playing the game and possibly look to have one year left that he could play with his son and then call it a career. Let's face it, if, if he were to play with Bronny, it would be the first time that a father and son have ever played on the same team in the NBA. Now, you could easily make the argument saying, well, that just seems kind of selfish for LeBron. He's going to be taking away everything from his son. All the attention still going to be on LeBron and how he plays with his son. Whether or not that's his intention or not, that's how it would be. And I think... Like, I understand, like, as a father, I would love nothing more than to play on the same NBA team with my son. Hell, I'd love to play just on an NBA team. But, you know, if you have that chance to play with your son as a father, that would be the dream. That would be the best way to end your career. The final chapter may not be winning championships, may not even be having that great of a season, but you would basically be passing that torch on to your son and having the joy of trying to make him a better player for his own career, which I could easily see LeBron doing that. He's he's a, a great facilitator, great passer, and I could see him doing what he can to make sure that his son gets off on the right start and has a dominant year and becomes rookie of the year. But I think that the Lakers will try to make some sort of move in the offseason that will help get this team to a better place. Because you have LeBron James. 
you have Anthony Davis. You might as well utilize them as best as you can to get an NBA championship because after this year, LeBron's most likely not coming back because I doubt the Lakers are going to have a draft lottery pick to where they can draft Bronny. And I'm sure LeBron enjoyed his time as a Laker, but ultimately he's going to go where Bronny goes if he continues to play that way. But I think they're going to make some sort of move in the offseason that will get them to a better regular season record, which puts them at a better starting line come playoff time. Because let's face it, you know, when LeBron, you know, they, they just did not play well. And that kept them from having a better seed in the playoffs. And, you know, hey, you know, you can look at the facts. They played better when LeBron was out. Sometimes it just happens. Not saying LeBron's not a good player, but the facts are the facts. They played better when they didn't have LeBron in the regular season. But what I think the Lakers should let D'Angelo Russell go. He was pretty ineffective besides a few, you know, few minutes here and there where he was really good. Um, you know, he, he had a few good games against the Grizzlies. And after that, he just kind of disappeared. I think instead of the Mavs trading for LeBron, I think Kyrie should opt out of his contract and then try to recruit himself, sell himself to LeBron and the Lakers. I mean, right there, bam, you have Kyrie, you have AD, you have LeBron. That's a really, really good fucking tangent. I know I've heard some rumors before in the past about Draymond coming to the Lakers. I I don't see that happening. I mean, he would be a tremendous asset to the Lakers, but I I really can't see him leaving the Warriors. He seems there seems to be a special bond between him, Steph, and Clay. I mean, that could be different now that Bob Myers is out with the Warriors. I I don't know if that plays anything differently for Draymond. I mean, that's a front office guy leaving, not a player, not a coach, or anything like that. So I really don't see that having too much of an effect on Draymond leaving the Warriors. And you could, you know, you could also add Kuzma and Clarkson. If they opt out of their contract, I think the Lakers should pick them up. Then they could let some guys that they picked up go, like, um, you know, they could let uh, they could let Schroeder go. They could let uh, who was it, Lonnie Walker go. Um, there's a few other guys they could let go, and then pick up those, or even just pick up Kyrie. Pick up Kyrie. You wouldn't even really need Kuzma Clarkson, but they would definitely help out more than say um, Vanderbilt um, and uh, D Russell. You know. You could probably even let Schrader go if you pick up uh, Clarkson. You know, Clarkson can do a little bit of the uh, of the guard. Why not? You got Kyrie, one of the one of the best point guards in the league. You know, aside from the from the off the court issues, you know, if, if he's a healthy dude, he's He's a bad dude with the ball. 
And him and him and uh, LeBron have shown before that they can be a great dual threat. And when you have a big man like AD, if he can stay healthy, then man, that would be the way to go for the Lakers. Forget rebuilding. Try to win a championship right now while you have LeBron and while you have AD. Because I don't think LeBron signs with the Lakers after next season. He's going to do his one year, either retire or try to get himself on with his kid, Bronny. And unless the Lakers just do some crazy trade shit and try to trade up to whoever, you know, gets the lottery picks to try to get Bronny. But I don't know if that would necessarily be the best interest for them. You're going to have to see how well he plays in the college level because high school, you can't really tell anything about. It's not like Bronny was dominating like, you know, like his dad was in high school. It's not like he was dominating like Kobe did in high school. Kevin Garnett, like there's guys that you could just see in high school that are going to be something. Then there's guys who are really, really great in high school, but you know, you have to see how they transition to college and college isn't always necessarily a good uh, a good telling point on how well someone's going to be because you're still playing against hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other guys who aren't at the NBA level, but they're still pretty damn good players, but they're not on the NBA level either. So, you know, you just kind of have to trust your Your, your stats people who are going out there. I can't even think of the word. Um, uh, see, this is what happens when you get old. See, like, un, you know, even LeBron, his mind is going to start deteriorating like mine is right now. Um, you know, either way, you know, the people are they're, they're going out there watching the players play in college and uh, all that stuff. You know, the word's going to come to me probably by the time I'm done with this. And I'm just going to tweet out the word and people are going to be like, what in the hell is he talking about? But, but that's it. That's <laughs> all right. I got to take a, a quick drink break and then uh, we'll come back with uh, some more about Jaws sentencing. All right, back again. Thanks for sticking around. Sticking with the NBA because I love the NBA. Uh, I'm going to talk about Ja Morant. Now, there's been uh, some issues going on with Ja where, you know, Adam Silver has stated that he will announce what Ja Morant's punishment will be after the conclusion of the NBA Finals. Uh, Apparently, the NBA and Adam Silver have uncovered some more evidence on Jaw, and uh, you know the word on the street is it doesn't look good, doesn't look good at all, and uh, my gut's telling me it's going to be pretty severe. Uh, I'm not thinking he's going to get kicked out of the league just yet, but I am thinking he's going to be probably suspended for a year, and I say that because. He's been caught doing the same thing that he did to get in trouble the first time. Waving a gun around, 
putting that on social media, being having pictures of you in the strip club, um, you know, assaulting a 17-year-old, uh, something with a security guard. Like, there's these things happening that the league has, you know, has to do something about it. They They can't just keep letting it go because, you know, they're not just going to let it, you know, let it keep going by. Uh, apparently, he didn't learn, and all of that stuff he said about learning his lesson and whatnot was just complete bullshit. You know, just being basically saying some fluff pieces about, you know, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really good. Uh, I learned my lesson. Yeah, it was, it was a big mistake, and um, you know, like that interview with Jalen Rose, like you could tell it was like just written out. He's like, uh, uh, cue cards, uh, PR people. Oh uh, yes, I have learned my lesson, and I won't do it again. I'm going to get help. I'm going to see a psychiatrist because we all know going to a strip club and just waving a gun around and being an idiot means you need to see a psychiatrist. Like no, you don't need to see a psychiatrist. You just need to grow up. Quit associating yourself with all these other people that are doing nothing but bringing you down. And and I don't understand because there's none of this happening before at Murray State. And I just don't know where all of this is coming from. So this is what Adam Silver and the NBA are going to do. This is what I think they're going to do. They're going to suspend them for one year. And this is going to be his last chance. If if he doesn't get his shit right, he's probably going to be suspended for a year on some sort of probation. And I think if he gets in one inkling of trouble, he's gone. They're going to kick him out. As great of a superstar as he is, there's, you know, just like all of us in the workforce, we're all expendable. There's always someone else to take your place. The NBA has worked from like the 70s and 80s, 90s, all the way up to the malice in the palace. The NBA has worked too hard to make sure that they don't have issues like the NFL does with their players. They don't want that. And honestly, no league should really have to deal with that. You're grown men. Well, eh, okay. That's trying to be in perspective here. There's still young 20-something-year-olds with shit tons of money, millions of dollars. The world is their oyster. You know, they feel like they're, you know, they're impenetrable. They can do whatever they want. Nothing can hurt them. Nothing can touch them. They're a star. Everyone's going to love them no matter what. That's just not the case. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, like in uh, the movie business, if you have some sort of bad shit happen to you, studios are going to drop you. You're no longer going to be a part of any kind of movie series. Um, you know, just like in any job, like if you're tweeting some crazy shit, you're going to be let gone because nobody wants you affiliated with their business. They they don't want to have to worry about seeing John Morant at a strip club flinging guns around and then associating that with the rest of the league. Now, if, if you think about this in context, 
the NBA has worked extremely hard at trying to get that kind of thinking of their players out of the general public's mind. And then if you're really looking back at it, the whole, you know, black African-American society in this country has done their best to try to keep people from thinking that, because let's face it, this is still a very racist country where I think a lot of people, when they think of blacks, African-Americans, they automatically think, Oh, you know, guys with pants hanging down past their ass or carrying guns, or, you know, all about flinging dollars and strippers and hoes and everything around. And that's not the case. That is not the case at all. It's just a few people like that. And the NBA does not want the general public to think of their players as those type of guys. And I, as far as I know, you know, you don't really see a whole lot of NBA players getting into trouble. And I don't, I think a lot of them are really good dudes. They really are. You know, they're not a lot, there's not a lot of them getting into trouble. And the NBA wants to make sure that that continues. If they, if they don't do something to help Ja realize what he's doing is detrimental to himself, to his family, to his team, to the league, they're not going to, they're going to end up going backwards if they keep him around. Because if they let it slide for Ja, you're going to have a whole NFL thing with Roger Goodell, Goodell, you know, this person gets this much suspension. You know, you hit a woman, you know, you're out for three weeks. You gamble on a game, you're out for the whole year. Like, what sense does that make? Like, the NFL is basically saying, yeah, you know, it's great. Hit a woman all you want. Just don't block gamble on the games. And the NBA is willing to make sure that, you know, that their product is not associated with the type of behavior that John Morant has been showing to everyone on social media. And I don't blame them for that. As a fan of basketball and as a, a grown adult, I can't blame the NBA for that. I don't like it as a Grizzlies fan. And, you know, all this shit upsets me because I'm a, Big Jaw fan. I'm a big fan of his game. Not a big fan of what he's been doing lately off the court. And he plays for my favorite team, the Grizzlies. But I fear that a, that with Jaw out for a year, I don't know what's going to happen to my Memphis boys. You know? They already said Dylan Brooks wasn't coming back. There goes one of your best defenders right there. You know? There's been some injuries, but I don't think it will be all too bad, honestly. If you look at the past, a couple years ago, when Jaw was out for his injury, the Grizzlies had one of the best runs of the year without him. And and when shit like that happens, like when LeBron, when I was mentioning before about the Lakers playing better when LeBron was not there, Grizzlies playing better when Jaw's not there, that does not mean that those players aren't good. It just means that the coaching staff changed their changed their scheme. 
And then there's players that stepped up their game as well. But the good news is, is the Grizzlies still have the Block Panther, Jaron Jackson. They still have Desmond Bain, probably one of the best point guards in the league. Well, more of a shooting guard, I'd say. He's, he's going to be one of the guys in the future. Tyus Jones has shown that he can be a starter with the team. He's a great ball handler, great three-point shooter. He could facilitate. He could take over Jaws' position if Jaws' gone. If Steven Adams and Brandon Clark can come back healthy and you have Luke Kennard with an up-and-coming David Roddy who's only probably going to get better, he had a really good rookie year. For someone who didn't start, came off the bench, he played well. Now he's you know he's got some things he needs to work on, but I think in all of that scenario, if everyone's healthy, coming back, I think the Grizzlies are going to be fine. I don't think they're going to be fighting for the top three spots in the West. But they'll be fine. They'll be all right. They'll finish maybe fifth or sixth if they have to go a whole year without Ja. They'll make the playoffs because they're still a great team. Great young team. You still have the draft. You could still do some signing during the offseason. So... Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Ja and the announcement that gets made in the next coming weeks after the finals, depending on how long the finals go. But we'll see. We'll see how long it takes, and we'll see what happens. All right, let's recap here from this episode. So what have we talked about here? All NBA, all night. Miami, I think it's going to close. Uh, it's going to make this a close series. I think they could definitely end it in six. I don't know if that means Miami will win or Denver will win, but I think it will end in six. I think uh, Miami has the potential to come two away at home and then possibly close it out when they get to Denver. But then that would make it five. So who knows? (laughs) I haven't been doing my math. I'm tired. And this, uh, the Stone IPA is getting in my head. So I, I I don't think it's going to go to seven. I think it'll go to six. It's still going to be a very, very good series. LeBron James, what's going to happen with him? He's been thinking. He's going to think this whole offseason. I think LeBron needs to recruit Kyrie. I think he needs to tell Kyrie to opt out of his contract. He needs to go to the Lakers organization and say, hey, we need to get him. If Kyrie opts out, can we get him? He will be the piece of the puzzle you need. Because, let's face it, you don't have a point guard on the on the Lakers. You need Kyrie. That would definitely catapult them in probably a top three team in the West. And John Morant needs to learn his lesson. Finally, somehow needs to learn his lesson. And no matter what happens to him, the Grizzlies are going to be fine. They're going to be all right. Still going to make the playoffs. Still going to be the grit and grind from the days of old. It's just how Grizzlies are. Got a great coach, great team. They're going to be fine. And with that, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of 
Sports Cognition. Hope you all enjoyed it. I want to thank you all for listening so much. I really appreciate the support. Uh, You know, the best way that you can keep supporting, subscribe to this podcast. If you like this episode, subscribe to it. How else are you going to know when all the new episodes are coming out? You going to guess? I don't have your numbers. I don't know who you are. I'm not going to be sending you emails and texts and calling your mom and anything like that. Say, hey, New Sports Cognition podcast is out. Make sure you check it out. No. Let's just cut through all that shit. Subscribe to the podcast. You'll automatically know when you get the next episode. If you listen to Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcatcher of choice is, you're able to subscribe to it, you'll, bam, automatically get that downloaded to your phone. And you'll be good to go. And um, there's other ways that you can, you know, uh, so su- show support to the show. You can review. You can rate it. You can review it. You can do both. You can do one. You can do the other. But it's the best way if you do both. Because that way, if you do rate it, you know, you gave it five stars. Great. Why did you give it five stars? I need to know this. Obviously, you're not going to give it one star. I mean, <laughs> that would be ridiculous. But... If for some reason you did, you had like a bad day, you just feel like being vengeful to the world, you want to give me a bad rating, you got to leave a review. You got to say why. But, you know, if you're feeling great, you're feeling, you know, you want to bring some love to the air in the world, you're giving it a five stars, you got to tell me why. Why did you give it a five stars? What is it about the show that you love so damn much? I need to know. You know, let me know. But you can also communicate with me a little bit more about this. You know, we could have some personal one-on-one conversations. If you like. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, you can always email me at sportscognition uh, at gmail.com. Um, you know, let me know what your thoughts are. If you have any ideas of what you would like to hear or my takes on what, you know, is going around in sports. Um, you know, even you can even record a voice message. And send it to the uh, Gmail, the email, and maybe we'll play it on the show. You know, get your ass on the show. Let's get something going here. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for Sports Cognition Podcast. You'll find it there. You can also follow me on my personal account at Mike Kilometers on Twitter. And uh, if you like this music here, it's from uh, my band from back in Columbia, Missouri. Don't mind dying. Appreciate you all letting me use your music for this. You can check them out on iTunes and Spotify. That is Don't Mind Dying. So check them out. They got a bunch of other great songs here. I think you'll be able to groove too. But um, that's pretty much does it for me. Hope you all enjoy the NBA series and everything else. Uh, hope your all weeks are filled with touchdowns, home runs, slam dunks. Thank you so much again. Good night.